Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard, but I think... Oh, bondage up yours! One, two, three, four! Hello, and welcome to another episode of Yoga for the Revolution, a show about self-care in the age of resistance. It has been a shit show of a week. I have a lot of feelings. I want to pop in and say this was originally recorded right before the Kavanaugh hearings, so I mention it, but in a larger context of how we practice yoga and feel about our own bodies and how other people feel about our bodies. So know that that's coming in context and not alone. I believe strongly that yoga is a tool that we can each individually use to get in touch with our own bodies and that by being in touch with our own bodies, we will absolutely be able to be better equipped to be in a society in which everybody has autonomy over their own body. So let's launch into this discussion with that in mind. Here we go. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about our physical bodies and our emotional relationship to them. We'll talk about our, meaning all of our, like our cultural impetus to control our bodies and other people's bodies and how yoga fits into all of this. Just a note, I mentioned the accusations against Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, I also mentioned Bill Cosby. Not in detail, but the cultural moment around these accusations is something we'll talk about here just a little bit. So if that's not something you're interested in, I get it. Another note, please know that I am, in general, an average build, able-bodied white female. While never acrobatic or pornographic in my asana, I have had the privilege of practicing in this body my whole life. When I walk into a classroom or a studio, there are assumptions made about me and my abilities in a way that makes me feel safe and welcomed in general, whereas there are a lot of people who do not feel safe and welcomed by this community. So we will also touch on that as well. Okay? Okay. A couple of things all came smerging together in the last few weeks. I am a woman, and as such, I have felt certain aspects of the news in certain ways these last few weeks. Kavanaugh I didn't like his policies to begin with, so I wasn't super psyched about this pick for Supreme Court. I felt that he was interested, that he was part of like this old man cabal that is interested in wresting women's rights away from them. When he referred to birth control as an abortion-inducing drug that should not be covered by insurance, I don't agree with that. So I was pretty confident about my opinion before any of these accusations came out. And then Dr. Christine Blasey Ford came forward, and then Deborah Ramirez, 
And there was another accusation today, there may be more, when the president tweeted that surely if the incident had been true, or if it had been bad enough, Dr. Ford would have come forward years ago. That's when I broke a little bit. I don't want to take our whole time here going through why we need to believe women when they say they've been assaulted, because that argument is out there. It's in the news. It's on Twitter. There was a walkout on Monday. There is a movement supporting these women, and I am glad of it. I'm not going to get into my personal experience right now. I will say enough to say that there have been times in my life where I felt it was somehow not my place to make decisions about what happened to my own body. And there were times when even when I knew my body was my responsibility that I treated myself poorly in the name of fitting in or not rocking the boat or simply not knowing any better how to treat myself. I don't know what will happen with Kavanaugh. I've made my calls and signed my petitions and donated and I hope you have too. Also this week was the sentencing of Bill Cosby. Uh, As I was writing this all up, a Pennsylvania judge ruled that he will be classified as a sexually violent predator, and he is sentenced to three to ten years in state prison without bail, do not pass go. What I'm hoping is that through all of this pain, we are moving towards a place where someday women will have autonomy over their own bodies in ways we don't currently have. I hope someday soon, men and women will grow up understanding that no one has a right to take action or make decisions about anyone else's body. When we're 15, when we're 45, when we're 81, when we're at a party or at a doctor's office or anywhere. Okay, deep breaths. All of that is the backdrop of this conversation. I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. So... Be ready for that. Maybe this is a good time to just pause altogether and say thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to this show. Thanks for listening when it's all yoga all the time. Thanks for listening when it's all ranting all the time. Thanks for listening when it's some combination of those two things. If you like it, share it with a friend, write a review. You can find all our episodes as well as show notes and links to articles I've referenced. All of that is at yogafortherevolution.org. Okay, so I was talking to my friend Jill. Hi, Jill. About the phrase yoga body. She mentioned someone used that phrase in conversation. And uh, I think she was saying she regretted a little bit in the moment not having like the, the speed or the wherewithal to call it out. And it brought up something that I know we've alluded to here, but never directly addressed, which is who we think yoga is for and all the judgment that goes with the phrase yoga body. Honestly, I didn't think I would ever do an episode addressing this because I didn't necessarily feel like I could speak to it better than a lot of other voices out there who are speaking to it, who are doing the hard work of addressing this every single day. And I'll include some of them here so you can dive a little bit deeper. But then also, isn't it my responsibility too? As someone who looks like someone you'd expect to see in yoga pants toting a mat around town, isn't it my job also to bring this to light? I definitely hear this phrase, this yoga body phrase, less than I used to. But it's still out there. It's used as kind of an odd compliment that seems to feed into 
our body obsessed, external obsessed diet culture that we're living in. I think, I think when we say yoga body, we mean white, able-bodied, flexible, lean, thin female. And that's a pretty narrow description. I think the same thing can be true for Pilates body, maybe. So why are we doing this? Why do we exclude other kinds of bodies from this practice? Or if it's intentional or unintentional, why do we picture that body as the ideal body? Which is kind of a giant question about capitalism and Western culture. But by making that body the ideal body, we're excluding every other body, which is crazy town. So as as a separate part of the conversation Jill and I were having, we were also talking about practicing in studios or gyms that have mirrors on the wall as opposed to ones that don't. Now, a mirror can help you gauge your alignment, maybe. Maybe you can aid your proprioception with visual feedback, but mostly it's a place for judgment. And that's what we do in a mirror. We judge. And it takes us from inside to outside. And yoga, the way I think about real yoga, is so much about feeling your whole body from the inside. What does it feel like to make this shape or be in this posture or using this breath? Not what does it look like for me to be in that posture. To me and, and the way I was taught, you know, that really matters less. So by calling attention to the body at all, to a yoga body, we're saying either inadvertently or intentionally that not all bodies are for yoga and some are better than others. And we do this through mainstream media, like Yoga Journal, and it happens on Instagram, and it happens in studios that charge $35, $40 a class. We're saying yoga is for certain people and not others. Here's a quote from Valerie Sagan of Big Gal Yoga. She says, making people think that you need to be thin to practice yoga is bullying and fat shaming and enforcing that if you don't have a small body, you are not wanted in the world. But when yoga is truly happening, yoga, union, connection, when that is truly happening, it means you are so inside your body. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I love this quote from an article. Uh, it was on Refinery29 called The Myth of the Yoga Body, written by Lily Silverton. She writes this, Yoga asks you to connect, or for most of us, reconnect with your body. It invites you to get to know yourself a little better, to develop awareness from the inside out, rather than view the self from the outside in. So it's really quite sad that yoga has become yet another space in our society that's been taken over by a set of ideals of how our bodies should look. Yoga is now marketed and sold as a product to help us lose weight or get the perfect body. Make no mistake, yoga is now a multi-billion dollar industry. And when we buy into these ideals, we disconnect from the body, resulting in precisely the opposite outcome that yoga was created to achieve. I believe all of that to be true. And this comes from the transition yoga has made over time from a private spiritual practice to a corporate capitalist public practice and a business. I also want to bring up that this shaming or the assumption that yoga is for one body type and not another extends to age, to race, to ability. Whether it's a subtle judgment when, maybe it's not subtle, whether it's a judgment 
that someone makes in their head when a heavy person comes into class or a judgment we place on ourselves for not being that ideal body type. It is worth noting that although related, fat shaming and thin privilege are different issues than self-esteem and self-perception. Jessamine Stanley talks about this. I'll link you to her work in the show notes. Dana Falsetti does a great job of parsing this out, and I will link you to her work as well. Her Instagram, she does a great job of kind of explaining this. If it's not clear already, you can take a look at her story's highlights. She's really done a lot of work to explain this. The shorthand being is that my feelings about my own body, although influenced by others, my feelings about my body are not the same as others' feelings and judgments about my body. I can quote unquote feel fat one day or a lot of days, but still walk into a store and buy regular sizes or still eat in public without being shamed or not experience prejudice at my job, right? There are a lot of things that go with being in a larger body. And sometimes your actual health has nothing to do with it. Sometimes your self-esteem has nothing to do with it. It's just the way you're perceived in the world. So that is one thing. That is a thing. And then another thing is how we feel about our own bodies. So society, the, all, the construct, those pictures in yoga journal or the, the pictures of the typically beautiful, flexible women on Instagram, all of that feeds into both of those things, even though they are different. So everyone has to deal with comparing themselves to the societal idea. And then add on top of that, people in bigger bodies deal with the judgments of others in different and, and perhaps also more intense ways. Worth noting also is that when someone uses the phrase yoga body, they're also excluding people with disabilities completely. In New York City, so many studios are on the second floor, on the third floor. They have to be accessible by law, of course, but accessible and welcoming are two really, really different things. Most of us yoga teachers are not trained in your average 200-hour training, even in an advanced 500-hour training. Most of us are not trained to teach anyone except for the people with the aforementioned yoga body. So of course, when all these teachers populate studios, studios may not be welcoming to other kinds of bodies because none of the teachers have been trained or equipped to do so. Of course, you can develop compassion on your own. Of course, you can develop common sense on your own. And you can take additional trainings in sensitivity for these other human beings that might come into a class. But it's often a really specialized, specific training. Many, many communities are underserved by the current yoga industrial complex either subtly or overtly. And then on top of that, we do it to ourselves. So there are layers and layers here. There's the outright push to be beautiful, to look a certain way. That has crept into our own sacred yoga practice. That excludes anyone who looks or functions differently. And then to kind of loop back around, there are these studios with mirrors. And I know, I know this is not the same. I'm not trying to equate systematic prejudice with personal self-judgment or self-judgmental observation. What I'm saying is they are two different things and they are both present in a modern yoga class. So I'll go back to my conversation with Jill. She told me a story about going to a dance performance recently 
where the performers, if I'm not, if I'm remembering this correctly, the performers were not classically trained dancers. And there was a Q&A after, and Jill was asking how they learn all the skills and the emotive qualities needed to successfully execute this performance, which she said was awesome, by the way. And one of the dancers said, and I think I have this right, that after initial review of the choreography, they continued their practice in a room without mirrors. They focused not on how they looked, but on how the movements and the shapes felt in the body. They took the visual off the table. What I'm hoping is that in addition to learning that our bodies are our own and that no one else has the right to take our decisions about our bodies away from us and that we should not make decisions or judgments about other people's bodies, I also hope that we can use yoga to learn to take the judgment away from the exterior body, our own and other people's. Instead, we can focus on what our own personal bodies feel like when we are in tune with its movements and rhythms. Being in tune with your own body, this is how we know if we're healthy or know if we're ill. It's how we can tell if we're tired or if we're burnt out or if we're frantic. Paying attention to our bodies is how we know if we're full or hungry. It's all in our own bodies. It's, it's not about the outside part. It's, it all comes from inside. Every single thing we need to know about ourselves is there. And if we feel and discern what's happening on the inside, instead of looking and judging out the outside, there's so, so much potential to learn about ourselves and about the world around us. Have you ever had that feeling? Honestly, honestly, whether it was during a yoga class or dancing out with friends or in your living room, or maybe for you, it's during a run or during a meditation, that feeling when you felt good in your body, the self-consciousness dissolves. It's not even there. And you just feel in your body. I don't have that every day, but it's a good feeling. And you know what? I've had that feeling in yoga. I've had it in half moon pose and I felt balanced and peaceful and powerful. And then I've seen my reflection and I looked crooked or I judged my body in some way. And then the whole thing disappears. That good feeling disappears because my upper arms don't look like Michelle Obama's. But that feeling is more important. That's where I'm going with this. The inside the body feeling, the connection, whether it's positive or negative or even without those qualities, but with other qualities that give you information, the more we can pay attention to that, here's where I'm bringing it all back. The more we can pay attention to that, I think, the more we will believe other people when they talk about their own body, the more we are in tune with ourselves and our bodies, the more we will empathize with others when they tell us what they are actually feeling. We will not doubt their testimony. We will not think they're making it up for attention. If we can be in touch with what goes on inside ourselves, it will be easier for us to connect to what other people are going through. We can believe ourselves trust what we feel, 
and then believe other people and trust what they feel. Okay, so that's where I land on all of that. This is not the perfect encapsulation of all of these topics. It's pretty surface level as far as inquiry goes. It's the tip of the iceberg. I'm going to link to some other voices in the show notes who have important things to say. Do a little self-inquiry. Dance like no one is watching. Yada, yada, yada. Until next time, keep breathing and live to fight another day.